and welcome to Fantastic History. I'm Clay. I'm Sarah. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. So today we're going to talk about a woman. Yay! A black woman. Oh boy! Perhaps the baddest black woman who ever lived. But if you could think of another, please let us know at fantastichistorypod at (laughs) gmail.com. Oh wow. Well, I'm talking about Harriet Tubman. Okay. Now, growing up in South Carolina, we did learn about Harriet Tubman, but her story was relegated pretty much to the Underground Railroad. Right. And not a lot else. Right. Didn't spend a lot of time learning about her. Uh, so when I learned her full story, I knew I had to talk about it on the show because Harriet Tubman was a badass. Okay. And everyone needs to be reminded or educated. Absolutely. I'm excited. So Harriet Tubman was born in March 1822 in Maryland and named Araminta by her parents. And yes, her parents and she were enslaved. And because of that, her childhood was full of mistreatment and she did not receive an education, but she was very intelligent. Okay. This gave her an edge that others didn't have and that white, white folk didn't expect. Right. Now, at the age of 12, she was hit in the head by a lead weight. Oh, my God. It was almost fatal. Oh, God. But it didn't kill her. So, so do you, was she hit by it on purpose? Kind of. Oh. Somebody did throw it, but she was not the intended target oh, God. of the assault. Wow. But she did get hit. And uh, although she lived, it gave her health, health issues that she... Dealt with for the rest of her life. Right, yeah. Now, in 1844, she married a free black man named John Tubman and then changed her first name to her mother's name, Harriet. Oh, that's nice. That's how she got her name. Okay. A few years later, under the threat of being sold away from her family and husband, Harriet plotted her escape. She fled alone to Philadelphia. But she returned to Maryland more than 13 times to help family and friends escape slavery as well. Mm. She would travel in disguise because it was very dangerous um, <laughs> because of the, the strict and cruel 1850 Fugitive Slave Act right. that had passed. Still, she was able to uh, rescue over 70 people and earned the nickname Moses as she helped them navigate the network of abolitionist friends on the Underground Railroad. That is just amazing. By 1860, just as Southern states were beginning to secede from the Union and Harriet saw the war was written on the walls, Mm -hmm. she still traveled into the Confederacy to help rescue slaves. Oh, (laughs) because she knew things were only going to get worse. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So after a trip in December of uh, 1860 to help to, to successfully help a couple and their children escape into Canada, her friends convinced her to stop because it, it was just becoming far too dangerous. Right. And she agreed and remained in Canada for the time being. So the Civil War began the following year in April, and Harriet knew that this war would be the end of slavery. Though Lincoln did not start the war with the intention to end slavery. Right around the time cannons were First fired at Fort Sumter, Harriet Tubman crossed back into the United States. Wow. Abolitionists uh, not only supported the Union, they framed the war as the battle against the institution of slavery. Frederick Douglass even framed Lincoln as the man who 
would end slavery in America. But most black people's glasses were less rose-colored. They knew that freedom would not simply be handed over to them. By that summer, more slaves were than ever were escaping to the Union, suppose crossing the military line of what was essentially a foreign enemy now was safer than trying to escape before. Right. It was at this time that the Freedmen's Aid Society was formed to help adjust former slaves and their children in the form of housing and schools. But many also wanted to help in the battle against the Confederacy, not only to ensure victory against the greater threat, but also serving what displayed their right to be free citizens. Nice. Now, Lincoln's administration at first did not accept this because Mm. black soldiers were not allowed to enlist. So instead, black soldiers were relegated to volunteer positions. Mm. And among those black soldiers marching into war, we'll put soldiers in quotations, these these black uh, ex-slaves marching into war was Harriet Tubman. Hell yeah! She had attached herself to Massachusetts troops in May, led by General Benjamin Butler. So wait, does that mean we should throw the uh, the old Neil Diamond in here real quick? Why not? We'll throw it in right here. That was wonderful. Woohoo! Now, Butler was a character. He was stocky, he had crossed eyes, and he was a firecracker. <laughs> wow! Now, he marched his troops into Maryland, where they threatened to arrest any legislator who voted to succeed from the Union, and even kidnapped the state's great seal. Wow. Which probably had little impact on the fact that Maryland was one of the four slaveholding states to remain in the Union. Really? But maybe it did. Oh. Well, for this cute act, Butler was sent to Fort Monroe in Virginia. Mm. And there he established the fort as a magnet for runaway slaves by offering them protection with, uh, within the Confederacy. Wow. Harriet was soon there as well, her role being a civilian volunteer caring for the escapees who arrived in droves. Slaves as far as North Carolina were told to make for the fort through the abolitionist informants through the South. And once there, they were welcomed with food, shelter, and protection, and also put to work. Right. While perhaps in a better situation than before, ex-slaves were still treated poorly. (sighs) They earned no wage, and they often lacked proper clothing, bedding, and shoes. Mm. But still, many, including Harriet, considered their exodus an important step forward overall. And although Harriet yearned for more exciting work in the Union Army... She worked as a cook and nurse without complaint. Okay. Then on November 7th, 1861, the Union successfully captured Port Royal, South Carolina. This was considered a big victory, especially considering it was the defeat of the very state that started the Civil War. Right, yeah. Our great shame. Yes. One of them. And with Port Royal now under Union control, slave refugees flooded in. Wow. Because, I mean, it was right there. Yeah. And this sparked a humanitarian crisis, which the Union, in conjunction with private charities like the Freedmen's Aid Society, immediately went to work on addressing. Now, Harriet was in Boston at this time, taking a break from her constant work. Mm -hmm. But she planned to return to Virginia that winter. However, Massachusetts Governor John Andrews asked that she assist in South Carolina and offered her a sponsorship for the trip. Because Harriet was illiterate, she went as a teacher of domestic arts. Oh, very smart. 
Port Royal was under the command of General David Hunter, also known as Black Dave, not because he was black, but because he was a staunch abolitionist who was eager to enlist slaves, free slaves, ex-slaves, and assemble his black regiments. So they called him Black Dave because he was a white guy who understood that black people are people. And was eager to um, get them to enlist and fight. (laughs) Oh, so he's, he's like a John Lawrence. Because we, we haven't mentioned Hamilton in a while. That's true. So he's he's the John Lawrence of the piece. Okay. I'm, with, I'm totally following now. That makes complete sense. <laughs> yes. Okay. He also proclaimed all slaves in his jurisdiction of command, which was South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, free. Ooh, okay. Which rose some ire from Washington, who were following Lincoln's appeasement policy at the time. Oh, I see. And, of course, Union slave owners. Cry about it. Well, anyway, Harriet ended up in Port Royal in May of 1862, and her reputation preceded her. (laughs) Soldiers and officers would, without fail, tip their caps when they saw Moses striding by. Oh, I love that. Harriet was provided military rations, but when ex-slaves saw this, they were jealous. Well, yeah. So she voluntarily stopped accepting them and earned wages to buy her own food. Wow. She helped soldiers and uh, and freemen alike survive diseases that killed so many soldiers during the war, like dysentery, malaria, typhoid, cholera. Dang. She did so using natural remedies made from local plants, all while never falling ill herself. That's amazing. Yeah. What the hell? And it almost gave her like a, like a mystical quality, right? Yeah. Like she's the one who's healing people, not getting sick. She must, and, 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 you know, all right. this other stuff. Maybe she's, Saint Harriet. she has some kind of power. Yeah. Which she did not have, but. Debatable. <laughs> There's so much that you don't understand, honey, about the metaphysical realm. I would of be course. willing to bet that there's a lot more to Harriet than you're willing to say. Okay. Yeah. Then finally, on January 1st, 1963, Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. All enslaved people in the states in rebellion against the Union were hereby declared free, and former slaves were allowed to enlist. This is obviously a this is obviously huge. Oh yeah, we we still hear about it today. Oh, you really cannot understate <laughs> like or overstate rather how big of a deal this is. But it also allowed Union generals to finally officially use these black regiments that they had been wanting to use so badly. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm sure a lot of these black soldiers were like, finally. Yeah. Finally, I can enlist. Um, and Harriet found herself with a surprising amount of influence among the upper brass because in the spring of 1863, more abolitionist uh, colonels were being brought into the region with their black regiments. Mm-hmm. So... She, she she was sort of like, you know, rubbing shoulders with some pretty big names. Wasn't she also, and maybe, I don't know why this necessarily would have come up in your research, but wasn't she also like a very petite woman? Like, wasn't she? She was five foot tall. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, I just, I love that. It kind of, it makes me think of like the beginning of Silence of the Lambs when you see Clarice get into the <laughs> elevator with all of all of these like really tall men and she like comes up to their shoulders. Yeah. But she is still the baddest ass in that elevator. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Without a doubt. Now, during this time, a decision was made, perhaps suggested by Harriet herself, but 
I, I couldn't tell that it would benefit the Union to gather intelligence from the surrounding areas by the way of black spies. Ooh. Now, after all, Harriet had used such networks of information on the Underground Railroad. Right. So the idea was approved to infiltrate the Carolinas and map out the region by use of Union black spies. Oh, my God. And the authority of this spy network was given to Harriet Tubman. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, Why doesn't anybody talk about this? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my God. So she recruited eight men for the assignment, and she, them and she spread out into the Palmetto State, reporting back uh, directly either to Harriet or uh, General Hunter or General Saxton, who was the quartermaster of the region. Okay. Now, this must have been insane. I mean, it, it was insanely dangerous mm -hmm. because if they were captured, you can't imagine what, what would happen to them. Yeah, no. But she and her team fearlessly descended into enemy territory, not only to gather intelligence, but also create a network of informants in the region. Dang. And as we, just, as we said earlier, Tubman was illiterate. Mm -hmm, that's right. She didn't write anything down. She couldn't. So all the information that she gathered, this crucial information about the enemy was all in her head wow that is mm -hmm. so risky but it's also like a really good way to not get caught you don't yeah. want, you're not leaving a paper trail that's great well i mean also you know she had been doing this on the on the underground railroad mm -hmm. just sort of keeping her head down and and I, and we meant and I mentioned how intelligent she was. She was very good at reading people, right? Understanding situations, understand understanding uh, social cues, and and understanding people very well. And that's what helped her be able to blend in and not be noticed. So, it's on the underground railroad and here, being able to do that, obviously extremely critical. And she was obviously a master at it because she had done it over a dozen times before right. using the Underground Railroad. And here, um, you know, just, just going going onto plantations, speaking with slaves, just going all around and never being caught. That's just incredible. Yeah. That's just so incredible. So these informants and the flow of information through slaves in the Confederacy led to the attack and capture of Jacksonville, Florida which also secured the freedom of a large number of slaves. Wow. This engagement was planned by General James Montgomery, who had become very close with Harriet after his arrival in South Carolina earlier that year. Mm -hmm. And their respect and trust is what led to the climax of this episode, the Combahee Ferry Raid. Throughout her life, Harriet had been involved in several assaults on the institution of slavery. And not only through the sl uh, the theft of property, the pro that property being slaves. Right. People. Yeah. She was the ringleader of the rescue of Charles Nail in April 1860. Now, this was a man who had escaped slavery, settled in, I think it was New York, but don't quote me on that, folks. I am going to quote him later on our Threads account, as having said that. <laughs> and then he was... Uh, he was he was caught, mm -hmm. captured, and held in a building, and apparently Harry Tubman was in the area 
heard about this and she got a group of people to basically form a mob Whoa. there and help Charles escape. Wow. So we're not going to go the like sneak in, sneak out route. No. We're going to create like a hella diversion. Yep. Wow. And then he escaped. He got caught again. Oh, no. And they did it again. No. <laughs> Until they finally uh, paid for his release. Oh, wow. Okay. They, I, don't know if, I don't know if it'd be considered necessarily purchasing him mm-hmm. or just giving the police the money that, to release him from custody. I see. I I'm not see. exactly sure what, what that was, but she was the essentially the leader mm-hmm. of this. Okay. And she helped the white abolitionist John Brown plan and recruit supporters for his famous 1859 raid of the U.S. Armory at Harper's Ferry. John Brown is extremely famous, yes. too. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. So she was not just like, let's let let's go get people, let's get people out of slavery. She was she was saying, yeah, arm these men with guns and start an, a violent uprising in the South. Hell yeah. Because things things have to happen. Right. You can't just sit around. That plan, of course, was unsuccessful, the Harper's Ferry. And I learned that Brown was actually the first person in the United States to ever be executed for treason. Mm-hmm. The first ever. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. But back to Harriet. Yes, yeah, she was not re- just rescuing people from slavery and spying on the rebels. She was doing all this, all these like physical assaults, right? But she was in the background. She was not like l- leading the charge. Right. Uh, more anonymous. She, more, she, more like strategy kind of, Planning ahead of time, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, that was about to change. Oh, Lord. On the evening of June 2nd, 1863, two Union gunships headed up the Combahee River just before midnight. The gunships were loaded with Colonel Montgomery, 150 black soldiers from his 2nd South Carolina Colored Volunteers Regiment, Dang. and Harriet Tubman. Hell Yeah. Montgomery preferred guerrilla-style war tactics. Hell yeah! So the plan was to attack plantations along the Combahee River in the dead of night while their guard was down. Get them. Now, these were very, very rich plantations. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, they produced the highest quality crops. You have a plantation on the river? Yeah. On the coast? Oh, yeah. That fertile soil oh yeah so these these were these were very high quality crops these were very wealthy people with political connections we're talking the whole nine yards the plan was to cause chaos destroy plantations rescue slaves steal everything i love this so much using the intelligence network that she and her scouts had created she knew what the defenses were where mines in the water had been planted oh and she had also informed slaves along the river that they were coming. Oh, my God. So Montgomery's ship anchored at Nichols Plantation, but the other gunship continued on up the river, led by Harriet Tubman alone. Whoa, I'm sorry. Yeah. General Montgomery said, I'm going to stop here. We're going to start doing our thing. You you lead, lead the men up 
Wow. Go go on. Okay. He knew. Got him. He knew. Don't worry about it. She carefully directed the ship along the waters to avoid the hidden mines, stopped at specific points where uh, fleeing slaves laid waiting for their savior. Oh my God. And also allowed troops to disembark to raid plantations along the river, taking what they could and destroying what they could not. Hell yeah. And there were a lot of slaves. Oh yeah. That were, that were waiting. Yeah. I mean, so many that, that like they would drive a boat send it or a little dinghy, you know, send it mm-hmm. over to get people. And they were just like so many people on the dinghy and people still like grabbing it. Like don't leave without oh, us. Oh God. Yeah. Can you imagine being somebody having to wait for the boat? Yeah. Oh my God. Or seeing the, the boat go back without you. Oh my God. But they didn't leave them behind. They went back <laughs> and got everyone. They got everyone. They finally made their way all the way up to the Combahee, uh, to Combahee Ferry where Buildings were set ablaze. Warehouses were ransacked. And you may be asking, well, this is fascinating, but where are the Confederate soldiers? What are they doing at this time? Are they even there? And they were there. Oh. And 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 they were kind of aware of the raid because there had been people, you know, scouts like looking out for things. Oh, keep, sure. Keeping an eye on things. Well, and I guess that if they had bothered to put mines in the river, they must be expecting something. Exactly. Uh, I gotcha. Okay. They're keeping an eye on things. <clears throat> some of them did see them coming. Right. I guess these are pretty big targets, like you're saying. There's yeah, a they're... lot of enslaved people and a lot of money. Yeah. They're, they're, not, okay. they're not necessarily military targets. Right. But they're they are. high value. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, you know, informing... These scouts were informing people, but either there it took too long or the reports were they weren't sure if it was like a real threat or right. misidentification. And there also weren't a lot of soldiers in that specific area oh, to okay. respond sure. to an assault of this kind. Because these were gunships. Right. These weren't just little canoes or Oof. river boats. These were these were military vessels. Dang, okay. You know? And the um the soldiers in the area were um, all, all already decimated by the disease, the diseases that were striking soldiers in the area right, Yeah, that killed off a large percentage of people who had never even been wounded in this yeah. war. You're near the coast. You're getting malaria. Hate it for you. So things, think things were, things sucked yeah. obviously um, for, for, for every soldier in this war. Couldn't happen to a better group of guys. <laughs> so, Despite Tubman's strike force being relatively inexperienced, they were able to hold off any counterattack by the rebels. Oh. Because they, they did come and try to stop this strike force. Oh, God. But they couldn't because they had a gunship. They had, they had, they had a good number of soldiers. And the Confederate soldiers just didn't have the numbers. Wow. That, that showed up to stop. They just couldn't do it. Right. Meanwhile, Montgomery's troops had left several plantations on fire, not destroying only the mills and warehouses, but the slave owners' homes, too. Get them. As their ships left Combahee River, more than 750 slaves had joined them. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Leaving behind the smoldering remains of the owner's plantation behind. Hell, yeah. And Harriet Tubman had just become the first woman in history, in U.S. history, 
to command an armed military raid. Holy shit, that's incredible. <laughs> the first woman. Wow. Yep. Nobody talks about that. I know. Get this woman on the $20 bill already. I've had it. <laughs> I've had it. They keep promising it. It ain't happening. And this style of guerrilla attack became favored by the Union, all thanks to Harriet Tubman's spy ring and intelligence gathering. That's bananas. So look out there. The next time you see Harriet Tubman's name or picture, I hope you think more about just the Underground Railroad because well, she was Moses of her people, but she was also a nurse, a spy, a military stri- uh, strategist, and a certified, bona fide American hero. Incredible. Isn't that cool? I want to cry a little bit. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. And thank all of you for listening out there. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, (laughs) you know what you can do? You can leave a review. And if you didn't, you know what you can do? Shove it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please leave a review or rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And if you want to follow us on Instagram and threads, we are there at Fantastic HPod. And if you want to get, send us an email, as I said earlier, we are fantastichistorypod at gmail.com. So until next week, bye. bye.